So we're back for episode two, um, Junkie. One thing I want to address quickly, and okay. we don't have to spend too much time on it, is you received a lot of hate for your views and opinions on Taylor Swift. Would you like to rebuttal? Un- unapologetic, unapologetic, you know, could care less what the haters think. It's, I think the beauty of this world is that. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think uh, the beauty of this world is that everybody has their own opinions. Uh, I just like to think that mine are always correct, but um, no, um, no, but unapologetic, you know, you like Taylor Swift. Great. Do I like Taylor Swift? No. All right, everybody can go fuck themselves. Um, there are a couple of things I would like to address a little uh, clarifications from uh, last podcast. Um, totally one of them is super kind of a little niche and random but uh it was i i made reference to a song that the rolling stones can no longer sing because of um certain lyrics and themes and i incorrectly said it was honky tonk woman what i meant to say was brown sugar um and other than that oh yeah Um, in the beginning of the podcast sorry um i told a very true story about an alleged pedophile on an airplane. Um, the reason I told that story is because I wanted to, you know, start it off with a bang, you know, and just have like a, a big laughter after. While I did, while I did receive laughter for that joke, it wasn't like I hate to be like a nitpicking little bitch here, but like it wasn't as big as I wanted to. So I remember after we recorded it, you know, we were going over you and I just talking about the episode. And I said, how funny would it be if we just inserted like a, a laugh track, you know, like like us from like any like one of those sitcom TV shows. So just I could tell like a, the dumbest joke ever. Like, hey, why the chick cross the road? And we have like, ah, like the studio laughter just comes out, you know, or, or, you say- or if it's like a bad joke. And I think it's funny and it just goes nowhere. Like the Opie and Anthony show used to do this whole thing where they'd have like a car crash sound because if a, a joke didn't go anywhere, you know, just you know. It's like if it bombs or whatever, I think that could be fun too. Are you know how much that costs? No, so I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about at this point. Are, are you are you referring to the fact that I didn't laugh hard enough? No, you, uh, yes. I mean, I mean, I'm because because it's only me and you talk, talking here. So um, I already laughed at my own jokes enough. So I didn't want to do it in, on the podcast in front of you know millions of millions of listeners, right? No. But um, so, yeah, those are my only two reflections from last podcast. But um, here we are, episode two. And uh, is there anything you want to start off? Because I have plenty of things I want to talk about. Why don't Um, we? I'll just let you take the stand and you go for it. You get into it. What do you want to talk about? So uh, how about that war in Europe? Uh, No. you see, uh, well, I think we could t- talk about the obvious today, man. The, how about those skies, huh? The skies in New York from the pretty from... fucking ominous, huh? Yeah, it was really creepy. I mean, my dad was sending me um, pictures of Times Square and stuff, mm-hmm. and it, I mean, it literally looks like pictures you see coming out of like the most polluted cities in the world, like in China and India. Well, that's and all the that whole stuff. thing. Like, you can't see the sun. Right. I've never seen anything like it. It's crazy. According to what's that website that they were showing on um, that Lester Holt had on Nightly News tonight as well. Lester the uh, Lester. Dude, he is the benchmark in reporting. He is so professional. He is so eloquent. He's eloquent. He is just 
the benchmark. Nobody's the, better than him. The the Mexican city of Guajula. Yeah, yeah, that's Lou Dobbs. I don't know where, oh, where the fuck, fuck that guy is. Yeah, that's, sorry, that totally is totally different. You know, I wouldn't even put him on the same page. Not even close on the same level. Um, my bad. Anyway, but they were saying that New York was the most polluted city on the planet for two days in a row, yesterday and today, even higher than all these cities. And it's a really interesting list because if you look at that list, ninety percent of them are all in India. Yeah, they're well, all yeah it's it's incredible like why is um, that is it because they burn a shit ton of coal i think so and it's just like the epa it. standards are probably nowhere to the equivalent but for the first time you saw people wearing masks and you know who i actually saw wearing a mask this is talking about like cele- celebrity sightings in new york you know oh i saw this actor like um one of the names who i kept seeing multiple times i saw him in manhattan twice or sorry, Manhattan once and in Brooklyn once was Michael Shannon. He's a big, big actor. Uh, he was. Uh, was he in? Pearl Harbor, Elvis and Nixon. Uh, he was in uh, the movie the movie Mud. He was in the movie The Iceman. He was. Uh, he's in that thing with about um, George Jones and Tammy Wynette. The it's on Showtime. It's his country show. If you've seen his face, you'll definitely recognize okay. him. By the um, way, the reason that India is more polluted, right. India burns tenfold more fuel wood, whatever that is, every year than the United States. The fuel wood quality in India is different from the dry firewood of the United States, and the Indian stoves in use are less efficient, thereby producing more smoke and air pollutants per kilogram equivalent. There you go. Hey, the more you know. I don't know if that's the whole reason, but that um, was the first thing that Google showed me. No, but so you're seeing uh, people wearing masks, and this guy who I saw, the celebrity sighting who I saw wearing a mask, is the legendary Andrew Dice Clay. And I wanted to say it to you all the listeners. You saw Dice Clay today? I've seen him multiple times in a city, and I've been 90% sure that I've seen him, like, recognize that it's him. He, I mean, with the glasses and, like, the face and everything, it's unmistakable. And he was with his wife, and he was on f- FaceTiming somebody. It's kind of funny. At first, I thought he was doing like an Instagram live. So I purposely tried to like walk in front of the camera, you know, <laughs> to see if I could see it like myself later on it. But he was just FaceTiming a friend. But I knew it was him because look at the fucking wind out here, man. This is incredible. I've never seen so much dust in my like the, the whole voice. You knew like from a mile away. Um, what a legend, dude. Comedy legend, entertainment legend. But I've seen him multiple times on the Upper East Side. Does he um, live on the Upper East Side? I guess he does, man. I guess he does. But I thought he lost um, all his money. I, I I thought he did too. Um, it's like that. The, what is it? The CNN interview? Like, so you were uh, you were running a gym? He goes, "What the fuck are you talking about?" They're like, "Sir, we're on live air." He goes, "I don't give a shit or whatever." And they, 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 they like cut the program. He's got like the cigarette in his hand. You know, unbelievable. Mm. Well, that's like, like the Mike. Saw. Remember the Mike Tyson interviews? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's unbelievable. The, some unbelievable. of the things that he said. You don't like the way I talk? Tanuki Station. Tanuki Station. I think we'll end up the conversation right here, buddy. You're a real class act. And he goes, fuck off or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, um, but yeah, but, the, 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 so I asked one of my coworkers because I, right? I work with some people who live in California. And I asked them because I don't, you know, I mean, we've now had the smoke for what, two days. Mm-hmm. And I'd really like it to go away so I, we can go outside and do shit. And right. so I asked one of them, I said, like, when you're living in L.A. and stuff and these these forest fires happen, because it happens to them every year. I asked them, I was like, how long does it last for? And they said it can take a week or two to go away. Really? 
that long? I guess. Well, on the news, they were saying for at least 72 hours more. Um, Which would be f- but five they had to, days. Yeah, they had to cancel all this shit because like, they canceled like the base Yankee game tonight. Uh, but it's really wild because if you, they played yesterday and the sky was super dark then, but I think it was just a sky that was dark. I don't think it was necessarily an issue with the air as much as it is today. That's why they had to cancel it because, I mean, it's not. You think I mean, they canceled because the sky was dark? No, no, no. I'm saying yesterday no, they the did the up. air. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, they um, probably should have canceled yesterday because yeah, I, mean, I think the air was just as bad. I went to uh, Central Park today, you know, and I took some pictures, and there was like people like, first of all, there's fucking people like on a having a picnic, like you know, like <laughs> really? What do you guys do? Yeah, there's people playing baseball and shit like that too. There's always I'm like, what are you doing? Um. But yeah, after a while, like my eyes started to itch and like my throat was getting itchy. I was like, oh shit, like this is wild. Um, but yeah, just I wore a mask for a little bit out there, but I just felt too weird wearing it. Um, but the whole thing really reminds me of, and this is way before COVID, you know, and everybody wore masks then. Um, I was in uh, Moscow and St. Petersburg. This was years ago. We were doing a, a, I know it's like so sketchy. Oh, I was in Moscow. Like, what the fuck were you doing there? Um, no, but I was. If you, were in, if you were in Moscow six months ago, it might have been sketchy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But 10 who, who years Who ago? says it wasn't, all right? <laughs> um, no, but we were there, and um, there were these massive wildfires in, I think, Siberia. And, um, like, the whole of Moscow was engulfed in, like, this thick, thick smog. And you had to wear masks. And they said if you didn't, it was the equivalent of smoking two packs of cigarettes a day. Per person, shit. yeah, dude, it was intense. Like I've never seen like you could, was it, it was super super. You couldn't see that far, but it was not. And we have photos and everything. I think my brother was it remember, worse than what's going on in New oh, York? Right much now? worse, much worse. I, oh, I remember that the, the smell. It was like, but it reminded me because when I walked outside today, I was like, oh wow, I haven't really smelled this since like it's been years. I mean, it you smells know? like a campfire. It smells like you're standing next to a campfire. That's exactly what it smells like. Right. It's bizarre. Absolutely. It's super weird. Yeah. And then kind of as you're outside for a few seconds, you kind of get used mm-hmm. to the smell. And I, I I haven't really spent too much outside time outside. I've only mm-hmm. gone to the grocery store a couple of times. Um, mm-hmm. And then I just like walked outside and just smell. But the weird, the weirdest thing to me is the, is the, the color of the sky. It's like orange. Right. It looks like, you know, you know, when you have, um, you know when you put the orange tint on your computer screen at night to protect your eyes? I guess. I think I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of that. I mean, some some pictures that I've seen are more orange than others, and I just feel like it's like early in the morning because when the sun is rising with just, – yeah. just like when the sun is setting, it's going to give that light lighting effect to the sky. But anyway, yeah, dude. Super, super ominous. When they've – and they even had to um, – I think they had to cancel flights out of LaGuardia mm-hmm. today too, right? They sure did. They sure did. I guess it's because they pilots can't see anything. Um. Yeah. I mean, you can't. I mean, there's no way you can see that far for this shit. Yeah, but don't. I mean, they take off in rainstorms. How is it any different? I don't know, man. Well, speaking of planes and stuff like that, dude, there's this whole week for planes or this past two weeks for planes. It's been some crazy shit going on. Uh, I work. think. First, starting with the fucking that Korean air flight where that person just like opened up. The, Wait, what? I didn't, didn't hear about this. this. What? No. Oh my god! You didn't? I'm sure you saw the videos. It was all over the. No, I haven't seen any. So there's a Korean. I think it's a Korean air flight. There's plane is like descending. Like they're they're still pretty high up, and it's fuck because once the when, once you start to descent, you know the the 
the fuselage becomes more decompressed when you uh when you're in the air it's very compressed because if it's decompressed and you can't breathe when you're really high up in the air so when you're descending the plane becomes decompressed that's why like if you're uh the higher you are it's hard you can't open up a fucking emergency exit because it's super compressed you know it's impossible to really force it open so the plane is going down this person apparently just wanted more air, like or fresh air or whatever. So they fucking what? opened up. This is unbelievable. In the video, this is like just something out of like a fucking Final Destination movie or something like that. This is incredible. They were open, able to open up the emergency exit door and air is just going. You know, no people, people are like, just like gra- uh, gr- holding on to their seats for dear life so they don't get sucked out of the plane or whatever. Did the guy get sucked? Did the person No, nobody got sucked? sucked out. And I don't think the guy really got. I mean, I'm sure he was arrested, but come on, that's like an act of terrorism, dude! Uh, unbelievable. M- months ago, I and I remember telling your dad this story. I was reading this in the New York Post. This lady in the in the states tried to do it, and her reasoning was because Jesus told her to do it or whatever. <laughs> it's like clearly some real fucking normal people. Like, dude, I've seen a lot of videos of people just freaking out at airplanes. It's like they should have mental health checks. This isn't normal. Like people like. If you act like that on an airplane, like you should never be allowed to fly again because it's putting everybody else at fucking risk. Like, uh, well, yeah, that person, the person who opened that door on that flight, is never going to be allowed yeah, you on an airplane me? again. There's just no way they're going to be on a no-fly list the rest of their life, unless they can get uh, the ability to fly private or fly their own plane. And and they'll be able to fly they, Spirit. You know, Spirit will <laughs> let them. <laughs> Spirit will let anyone on. Um, no, but I would think. I mean, they probably can't even get their pilot's license. They're probably 100% banned from planes for life. Like, they are, they can never leave wherever they are from ever again, unless they go by boat or car. Well, speaking of boat, this is really fucked up. Do you hear about this? Um, He's a rising, uh, I think he's going to go to LSU, or he he was supposed to. I'm saying was because he was on a spring break trip. This uh, teenager from Louisiana, they were in the Bahamas. And there's a Snapchat video of him. They're at night on the cruise ship, and he and he purposely goes off the boat and starts swimming next to the, like the cruise ship at night in the water, and he gets Did lost. He and he gets lost. Yeah, like there was a massive international search for him. This happened like a week ago, week and a half ago. Like they're never gonna find the kid. Is this the person who jumped off the cruise ship? I'm pretty sure he jumped off, or but like it's weird because there's a Snapchat video of him like swimming, and it's not, and it doesn't look like he's struggling at all. I and heard, from, from I, what I've heard, like he did it like voluntarily, not like he fell off, like he got sick and he was throwing up over like or he, like he fell, you know, which is I heard, there's a lot of unanswered questions to this, which is really strange. But I it's saw, super sad because you're never going to find him. Oh, no, he's fucking dead, dude. Yeah. 100%. Those, those big ships like that, when if you're anywhere near them, they drag you underneath. They, the water. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They're, yeah, yeah. they're, they're so powerful. They're, you're done. Mm-hmm. But I saw a video of a guy who was dared. To jump off the side. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that one too. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking I thought, about. I thought that's what you were talking about. No, this but, is totally different, dude. dude this is like... guy got dared to jump off the side of a fucking cruise ship, and he, I'm sure he was drinking, right? Like, there's no way you haven't been drinking. It was nighttime on a right, cruise right. ship, and he was it's above so 21. Scary, dude. Cruise ship fucking he, all weirds and me he out. Just, he me just out. fucking said, fuck it, I'm jumping off, dead. No one, they can't find him. And all his friends now, I mean, it, Imagine you did that to one of your friends. You dared them to jump off a cruise ship. They did it, and then they're dead. Yeah, but what kind of idiot would actually follow through? Like, yeah, I'll, I'll just jump off a cruise ship. Yeah, I'll do it. Like, 
Jesus. Well, what was that? Uh, what was that saying? Like, what other stu- whatever stupid decisions has that guy ever like also made in his life? Like, clearly that's not the like the first time he's made a dumbass decision. Like, <laughs> there's no way well, this guy was like up, like totally normal. I'm just gonna decide to jump off a cruise ship. Yeah, that makes a when, lot of sense, bro. When, yeah, but I could see if like you're really fucked up and you don't want to, your friends to call you, you know, like. You're being like a, a little bitch, right? Bitch, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're just like, you know what? Screw you guys. I'm jumping <laughs> off this screw you shit. Up. You know what I mean? But um, you remember when you were a little kid? And I don't know if this happened to you, but it happened to me all the time. Uh huh. Like my teachers, I'd be like, well, they, you know, my friend did it, and they're like, if your friend told you to jump off a bridge, would you do it? Yeah, they know. Yeah, my mom or everybody would always oh, tell you that, that shit. Yeah, 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 I was yeah, like, yeah. no, I obviously wouldn't jump off a bridge, but it's not the same. Yeah, God exactly. No, yeah, that's fucking. This conversation makes me want to jump off a bridge. Yeah. Um, what else, dude? So that's some um, fucking well, another cruise ship. I don't know where it was, but there was a massive storm. I think this was off the coast of South Carolina. This was also last week. And instead of like uh, turning around, the uh, captain decided to keep going. I, I think it was like a Norwegian cruise lines or whatever it is, go through the storm. And so like the floors and the hallways were soaked. Like there was water dripping of people's fucking uh, the, the bedrooms on the cruise ship. Um, people were freaking out, screaming, crying. Um, but like, at no point did a captain or the, did the did the people on board ever like let the people know what was going on. So they had people were just like freaking out, which is That's really, really fucked weird. up. Yeah. Um, so they didn't say, "Hey, we're going." I mean, I guess the people yeah, knew the storm, they were going. Yeah, through like, a storm, clearly, but... yeah. There's like a massive storm, but yeah. Dude, have you ever been? I've never been on a cruise ship. No, they dude, have they just, massive. They must have massive PA systems, right? Oh, I'm sure they do. Yeah, I mean, cruise. I mean, cruise ships. I mean, I've heard they're so out of control now. It's like you feel like you're in a city. Like you forget that you're even on the on the water because they're so big. Yeah, you don't have feel fucking, it. Yeah, we're just insane, dude. It's just like you probably can't even like if I mean I'm sure obviously you could visit the whole cruise ship, but if you weren't if your main goal wasn't to go on the cruise ship and see the entire thing. You could probably easily never visit certain parts of the cruise ship. Oh my god, because it's so <laughs> big. Did you see the new one that I don't know what company it is? It's like Carnival or something. They just released these first images of it. Uh-huh. It's supposed to be like I don't know the next biggest, best cruise ship ever made. It's got right. like literally. I, I've never seen anything like it. It's literally like Las Vegas on the water. That's insane, dude. I mean, these things have like rock walls. They have like. Eight di- 18 different restaurants they have like casinos but not like little things like full-size fucking yeah. you know uh it's like las vegas on fucking <laughs> the water it's, it's ridiculous <laughs> how much fuel does that chicken sumo like that that must be out because it's so huge it's so heavy i mean it's just i don't even want and then with all the people in a fucking cargo i mean if they were smart they would run them with like nuclear power or something i don't know man because you have know. nuclear submarines why why mm-hmm. not have a nuclear cruise ship because I mean, yeah, you're like, you're right. How much, I mean, how much fuel does that use? I can't even imagine how much every day. Like mm-hmm. that probably uses as much fuel as the average American, every American uses in a year, in an hour. Speaking of fuel, I saw this commercial for propane. Now, I don't know the difference really between propane. Like I know ethanol is like with corn to show yet, right? But they're saying propane is a much cheaper and like wildly more widely available option than like natural gas or something like that or i don't know but i I thought you i thought you would maybe know and maybe shine some light on this i uh, mean i know that i think my house is heated with propane 
Right, because they're think, not like pro, we have pro a big propane tank tanks. Yeah, yeah. Like it's yeah, yeah, used for like grills and stuff tank. like that. Right, right. No, 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 no. Well, for the grill, we have it. But I think, too, for the the propane tank outside, right. I think right. that's what heats the house. I have no mm-hmm. idea, though. Maybe it's not. Maybe it just does the, the oven and the stove. I don't know. I don't right. Know. I don't know anything about that kind of stuff. I'm an idiot when it comes to that kind of stuff. Hey. Like, literally, no idea. Definitely smarter how than me works. about. Like um, if, if we die, like if if all the smart people in the world died tomorrow, I'm fucked, dude. I'm, well, that's, for, that's what that's what I'm freaks me out about. Like, well, that's what freaks me out about like politics and world leaders. It's like our generation, dude. Like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? Like, if I mean, there's probably. Think, I'm there's sure there's a lot some... of smart people, but like, I feel like the vast majority of people are just like nowhere near to be qualified to like. That freaks me out so much, like. When my when our parents' generation is gone, I am like terrified, dude. This is gonna be like World War Z or some shit. Like I am freaking out. I think about that honestly all the time. I'm not worried about that. I feel like we have more than enough people who are qualified to do those kind of jobs. My right. worry is the people that don't know how to do like jobs hard now? work. No, like okay. For instance, when COVID hit, right, and we all thought the world was it was Armageddon, and we were all gonna like have right. to fucking plant vegetables and eat right. our own chickens and stuff because we because <laughs> the supply chains fell apart right dude if anything broke in 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 the house and you needed to fix something that was like an electric a, a piece of electricity like a wire i'm mm-hmm. not fixing that i have to call an electrician right because you're like, not fix that right i'm an idiot it's why iphone even- i was never creating an iphone ever in right. a million years it wasn't gonna happen it's these little things I think that we take for granted, like as far as, you know, or even menial things that we might consider as menial jobs. People go to school for like years and years and years. So it's like, oh, yeah, how hard could be like, how hard could it be to like fix a short circuit? That's when, when you actually get down there and look at like the switchboard. You're like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Dude. <laughs> yeah, right? You're like, oh, I yep, think that's a is, perfect example. of you Yeah, know. this is I mean, but the thing is, though, there are some people who do know how to do that shit on their own and they fix their own cars right. and they fix their own homes when shit breaks and they build their own furniture. Like if, if the world were to end, those are the people that are going to survive. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You're, yeah, fucked. Yeah. you're yeah. definitely yeah. fucked. I have, a better <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, but you are definitely dead. Dude. I'm like, that shit freaks me out. Uh, it's, it's so well, that was what weird. was so scary about COVID because everyone was like, Oh, it'll never happen. It'll never happen. And then COVID hit and it was kind of like, is this, is this going to happen? Like, is this going to well, happen? I remember seeing like uh, my dad, I knew somebody who was in <clears> Italy <throat> at the time and because Italy got hit first before we did. And it- Italy got hit well, really got fucking hit. hard. China, China, got got hit first. China got hit first. Yeah. 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 Well, kind of like the plague. If you think about it, it was spread in Mongolia and inner China. They made its way to Europe. I'm not saying that the plague made its way to America, but then from Europe and even made its way all the way up to like the Scandinavian countries too, like Sweden and all those fucking people got yeah. really bad too. But um, with, with um covid you just saying like oh, are we gonna get it are we gonna get it like when italy got hit before us and they got hit super super hard like my dad had a friend in like italy who was like this is you have no idea how fucking bad it's gonna be and we were like all right is this is he overreacting we don't really know and when it hit here people were like oh fuck like we don't know we don't know what to do and it's just like and every night you see the news and like the death tolls are so so high but then it's like, I think once you really look back on it, it's like, yes, the vast majority of those people were elderly, overweight, pre-existing like respiratory health conditions, 
um which is not an excuse it's not i'm not trying to say like yeah it's, it's it wasn't scary it wasn't bad at all because it was it was awful it was horrible but anything that really scared yeah, me about it too know. was that there's people who are like us perfectly healthy and young you know who would just drop sometimes it's like what yeah well that fuck? happened dude that That's happened to terrifying. my um, that happened to one of my cousins i think not a close cousin but he i died? think yeah jesus dude he, i'm sorry he, i didn't want to like i mean i didn't know him but yeah, I mean, it's sad nonetheless, but yeah, he, I think he was like my dad's cousin's kid or something like that. So like my fourth Jesus. cousin, eighth time removes or something. And, but he was 35. He was a super fit guy. He would run every day, cycle every day, like do all these things. He got COVID, got better. And then like two weeks oh, later, he got was, better before got better, he then, like, checked out. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And then like Christ. two weeks later, two weeks later was like on a run and had a heart attack. Jesus. 30 33 or 34 like crazy totally nuts so that shit happened um but no it's your like i remember dude when it hit new york i remember vividly i remember all the big banks it was a thursday afternoon all the big banks jp morgan all those companies they were like hey we're people are not coming into the office monday work from home bring your shit with you don't come to the office and my company hadn't said anything and I said, I told my man, my boss, I said, I'm not coming to the office on Monday. If you want to fire me, you can fire me. I'm not coming to the office on Monday. I'm, it's like, it's not worth I that. Dare, I dare you. Because, I dare you. Because I remember, <laughs> dude, remember that first office building in New York City that got it? They shut the whole building right, down and wiped right. it from head to toe. They had people in hazmat, like hazmat suits, suits spraying it fucking, with yeah. what God knows what. And I was like, I am not getting stuck in this city with this nonsense. Like, I'm going out to my parents' house an hour from the city and I'm not... I'm, Dude, I packed my passport. I really? Packed, dude, I packed everything. I was like, anything that is important that I'm going to need, I'm bringing it because I don't know what's going to happen. Right. I mean, we were all, there were crazy. so many other questions, dude. I worked, so at, I was still working in uh, the sports industry at the time. And uh, the my office, um, it's, uh, it's kind of near the BMW dealership down. It's not really Hudson Yards. It's like 20 blocks north of Hudson Yards, but it's still like on the water near there for those of you who don't know that is the west side of manhattan that's right looking that's right. out towards new jersey um but it's also a building like because it, it, they have multiple buildings but they have uh that specific building it's shared with other companies dude so when one person got it like they had to evacuate the entire building yeah. and uh it was fucking nuts dude and i just started like and then when it, sports were just canceled, I was like, oh, fuck, you know, this is as wild. I'm just not like, what am I doing here? So I just didn't work for a long, long time, longer than I'm fucking doing now, essentially. And um, well, this is the work. whole the whole experience was just fucking so surreal. Um, and uh, I just oh, my God, dude, I just fucking yeah, crazy, weird. just crazy, dude. Well, um, then you couldn't you couldn't go. I mean, I remember my first flight on an airplane. I went mm -hmm. to uh, I went to Arizona to go to the Grand Canyon in September of 2020. So like yeah. I don't know five six months after all the shit hit the fan. I think I wore like three masks on the plane. Really? Dude, dude, I flew down. I flew down to Georgia, dude. And when I got to Georgia, <laughs> COVID just didn't exist. You know, I was like shocked, dude. I went to bars, dude. Like people were packed like sardines. Not a mask <laughs> in sight, dude. I walked in. I was playing golf with my cousin. Uh, where were we? I think we we're in Alfreda or uh, Roswell, Georgia, or something like that. And um, 
we walk in to see the starter at the golf shop and i walk uh, i'm wearing a mask and the guy just looked at me like what are you doing i'm like oh i I thought you had to wear like i was totally shocked and before coming back to new york i was like i definitely have covid this is so fucked like uh, this is ridiculous and especially this is this is this is wild i remember specifically because it was for like one of my cousins like engagement parties that's part of the reason i was down there and like they had a party at his parents house my cousin's parents house my aunt and uncle's house and uh, there was like a lot of people and this one guy who also happened to work at like in the same industry i do he was like talking to me but he was kind of drunk he was this bigger guy and he kind of spat when he oh, talked gross. And i kind of started to like angle myself away from him right but i felt like a drop like from his mouth like spit like hit my <laughs> bottom lip and i just started to shake and said like if it's not COVID, I have AIDS. I, I, I'm, like, this is so fucked. Like, oh, I'm about to, like, I thought I was going to die. And so I go back home. I go to City MD. And I just tested negative everything. I'm like, what? And I waited too. I didn't want to do it right away because I wanted to wait like a day or a couple of days, you know, and nothing. Hey. That's, yeah. Well, maybe, so- maybe after that, that guy spit on me again. <laughs> and just like immune to the violence. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so Arizona, so Arizona was kind of like that in September, five months later. I mean, we went to a bowling alley and no one was wearing masks, packed in, like drinking beer, sharing cups. It was crazy. It's it was so weird how the like some parts of the country were just completely locked down and then some parts just didn't give a fuck. How'd you like Arizona? Is that like a state you could ever potentially move to, you feel like? Or fuck no. no. God, really? No. Dude, it's 120 degrees there right now. That's brutal. That's you can't go outside. That was People like a, literally, it's like New York winters. You don't go outside in the summer or Chicago guess, winters, dude. Because my little brother lives, in, my little brother lives in Chicago, dude. And it's like it's it's a it's a really cool city, but like their winters are horrific. Their summers are miserable. No, their summers are beautiful. No, I've heard their summers are really fucking hot. Like they can get like really, really, really bad. I heard the summers are like the only nice time in Chicago because it's the only time it's not freezing cold. And I don't know, but I feel like I Chicago's you, a I city. Like I've never July really, is like... with Chicago though. I mean, I've only been there in the airport, but I feel like that's a city. Like, if I were to explore it more, like I could potentially move there. Like, dude, it's cities a great like city. Atlanta, I really, really like a lot. And growing up, it was, it was, it was okay. But they've done a lot to totally revitalize the city. Like, I do like Atlanta a lot, um, but I've never L- been to LA. It. LA when I went there, it sucked. I mean, it's. You have to drive everywhere and everybody there is trying to be somebody else. Like I was there visiting one of our friends from college and he goes, oh, my God, doesn't that person look like so-and-so celebrity? I'm like, dude, that's the whole fucking point. Like you just said it yourself. Like it's somebody trying to look like somebody else. You know, it's, it's everybody's fake. Just like dude, getting on an airplane there. I mean, it was a nighttime flight leaving New York. You had like the fucking chick wearing sunglasses with like her dog and her purse or whatever. I mean, I think you just tell by like yeah, like like the clientele on the airplane. Like this is so bad, dude. But it's yeah, also a wild city because I was at some random like outdoor bar. I forget what it's called. The name of the place was in L.A. And uh, it was like this house too. It was like a really cool like uh, setup. And all of a sudden, I just feel like I tap my shoulder and I hear my last name, like Hunkara. I'm like, what? And it's this kid I went to like school in the eighth grade with, like randomly. Like, I didn't know, like, no idea that he was living in LA. Like, he just ran it. Like, so you get, I feel like it's big enough, like New York, like you just run into anybody, you know? 
Yeah, but it's pretty like that, wild. That happens to you all the time, no matter where you are. That would happen to you in Denver. Really? I feel yeah. like, yeah, it's true. Well, the best place where that ever happens is McDonald's. Dude. You go to any McDonald's in New York City, like, especially on a Friday, Saturday night, if it's past 10 o'clock at night, the scariest homeless fucking people or <laughs> or people you went to school with, like, when you were in, like, elementary or grammar school, like, and who are blackout drunk. It happens to me all the time. Like, dude, it's, 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 it's always an adventure. Have I ever told and you And then the there's story? a chick I made out with at a McDonald's. Remember that one? That was bad. Yeah, yeah. That was really bad, dude. Ugh, this was, like, at... And this wasn't even, like, I wasn't even drunk. I was just hungry, you know? Like, uh, I had family coming in from Georgia, and they were staying at a, well, not family, like, well, essentially family, whatever. They were coming in from Georgia, and we were hanging out, and they went back to her hotel, and I was, like, super hungry, so I decided to go to uh, this McDonald's on, uh, what is it, 69th and uh, and 3rd or 2nd, and it's really it funny, because I, I used to have an ex-girlfriend who lived right around the corner from that McDonald's, so I'm always paranoid, but she moved. I think she actually moved to LA in all places, but um, so I was there, and it was, like, midnight. And this is the same McDonald's, mind you. I was kicked out of once because I was a friend of mine, and uh, we were hanging out, and we were there was nobody there, and we were totally. I mean, we were drunk, but we were totally, you know, calm and everything. And the person, we're like, we like, and the seats were all like put up on the tables, right? So we decided, you know, it's open twenty four seven because it's narrow hospital. We wanted to sit down because it was really cold outside to eat. And the guy goes, no, nope, you can't do that. I'm like, but there's nobody here, and you guys are open 24-7. He goes, you know what? You guys should probably just go, whatever. I'm like, what? We're like, what do you mean? Like, what the fuck? Like, we're, we just gave you our money. We're giving you business. We're, like, very calm. But anyway, so that's the same McDonald's, dude, where this chick was just like, she, like, looks at me. I'm like, oh, hey, what's up? You know? And we start talking. And we just, like, we, we hook up at this McDonald's, right? And so she gives me, this is so trashy. So she gives me her phone number. This is a great story. And uh, I'm also like, I also called an Uber like right before she gave me her phone number because I didn't want to walk, you know, home. And uh, so uh, I have her phone number, whatever. Yeah, but I also call the Uber. And you know when, like, if you can't find your Uber, you can call them, right? Like, hey, yeah. like, where are you? So thinking I'm texting her, I text this number like, hey, what's up? I can't believe we just kit of made out at this McDonald's. LOL. Like, uh, like, let's let's like hang out later, like whatever. And I realized it's an Uber driver. I sent the, 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 the text to you. So this guy is probably thinking, like, what kind of a fucking creep is this passenger I'm picking up? And I didn't realize it till I didn't realize until the next morning or whatever. And so like the guy was he was looking at me through like the rear view mirror. He kept looking at me kind of weird. And I'm like, why is this guy looking at me? Like what like what the fuck is his deal? Like is he being a sketch ball for? And I'm like, oh shit. But then I texted a girl, she never texted me back, so whatever. Did you text the great, Uber like, driver oh, back? Trying no, to get I didn't, a dick no, no, I should have, right? <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> He's like, oh, let's go. Let's do it again sometime. Uh, oh man, that is so, so funny. Yeah, dude. Um. Anyway, so what else has happened this week? Um. Well, this is pretty whole... cool. Sorry, sorry. What are you gonna say? No, you go. You go. You. Go. I was gonna say. Uh. Well, there's some more things about planes that I want to get into, but you you go ahead real fast. Well, I was yeah. gonna say, didn't some plane, didn't some plane go missing? A little bit. This yes. Yes. In, yes. Like so, a private plane in in. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so I'll get to that in one second. Or not um, missing, but it crashed or something. The I think it's I don't know if it's the FAA they announced these um new um evacuation evacuation you ever see that video evacuation no. oh my gosh this is during uh, I think it was uh, Hurricane uh, or Superstorm Sandy or whatever 
interviewing these guys out in the street. It's, it's like whatever CBS News. They're like, what are you doing out here? And he goes, man, we came out here experience the weather, man. What's up? And the lady is like, uh, oh, you experienced the weather? And the guy goes, yeah, we heard about all the evacuation going on. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy was like, evacuation. And so they made it into like a remix, like evacuation going on, back, 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 evacuation going on, evacuation going on. People are like dancing. And it's like, book a boom, book a boom. It's so funny. <laughs> so anyway, the FAA announced these new evacuation uh, plans for airplanes. So say like if you need a deep plane, get off the aircraft. Um, they're wanting to do it now in 90 seconds. To put it into perspective, when the Miracle of the Hudson happened, that took about three minutes for everybody to get off the airplane. So um, so they want to cut that in half. Yeah, but I mean, think about it. It's a situation where, like, please don't panic. You know, don't push each other. But, of course, none of that ever happens. People are always panicking, panicking, pushing each other, you know, to get out of the plane. So I don't know how they're going to do 90 seconds. Um, the other plane thing was, uh, you're right, it was a small... Cessna private plane leaving northern Tennessee and they were on their way to Long Island. Um, it was the pilot, this, I guess, a realtor, uh, her kid, and a babysitter. Um, the people who own the plane, this is where it gets kind of really weird. The people who own, own the plane, the, the realtor who was on the plane, that was like the adopted daughter of the people who own the plane. But they adopted this person when she was like in her thirties or forties because it reminded them of a kid or of their own child who was who died around her age. And this is what I heard on the news. It's super weird. It's super, super weird. But so the plane leaves Tennessee totally normal. And it's going it's on its way to Long Island, right? And uh it gets to Long Island, but or no. While it's over D.C. or whatever, it's over restricted airspace. So people are – the government's freaking out. Yeah. They're sending out F-16s to go, uh, like, scramble to chase it. And that's why they, they were behind us. They had to catch up. That's why people heard a sonic boom noise over Washington, D.C., right? Um, one of the one of F-16s was actually released out of New Jersey, Egg, Egg Harbor, whatever. I think it's – I think that's the place in New Jersey. But um, they finally catch up to the plane over the D.C. airspace. And they realize, like, and they catch up, like, so they're, t- like, side by side against the plane. And they're, like, telling, like, what are you doing? They're, they're giving, like, the whole PA system or they're doing a the radio transmission over to the plane. And uh, they see that the pilot's, like, slumped over and, like, unresponsive. So the plane, like, goes uh, t- to Long Island, but it's on autopilot, I guess. So it zooms back. Like and it goes back to uh, oh, like, okay. as if it was going back to its original location, but it didn't oh. have enough. It didn't have enough fuel to get to its original location, so it crashed in this like wooded uh, forest area of ten of Charlottesville, Virginia. That's where the University of Virginia is, UVA. Um, but yeah, it's kind of weird because it's did like, it, did he did have the a, F, did the F sixteen stay with it the whole time? I think it did, and people are uh, kind of uh, drawing parallels to. There was a golfer, Payne Stewart, in 1999, a really famous golfer. He wore, like, the knickers, the uh, pants, you know, like the old style. Um, he was in a private plane with, uh, I don't know if it was other professional golfers or whoever it was, and uh, there was a sudden change of air pressure in a cabin, and everybody just became unconscious, including the pilot. And so it wasn't like a mouth I mean, I guess it wasn't malfunction, but the, because everybody became unconscious in the air pressure, the plane, they just – lost control of the plane and it crashed in like south dakota so or something think, like that 
Is that's that probably what happened with it's this either, one? It's either that or the pilot suffered a medical emergency because he was slumped over. So it could have been slumped over because yeah, there was but a there lot were other of people pressure. on the plane. So you'd think if yeah, the so other I people think on I, the plane were conscious, they would have tried to at least fly it a little bit. I mean, obviously, it's hard because possibly hard. But. Right, right, right. Um, well, and that goes into the next whole, the main thing I wanted to talk about on this episode. Um, but uh, what was I going to say? Um, it, or could it be in a medical emergency? You know, but I don't know if there yeah, was. But, a, I don't know if there was a door to the cockpit that the people on the like who are also oh they plane can't couldn't, get through. They couldn't. They couldn't breach it. Or maybe if but there it was, was a, if there was, was a, a that's true. But if there was a change of air pressure, maybe they were all knocked unconscious around the yeah, same that's, time. That's what like, I would who think knows? would happen. Because if it's a man. Cessna, it's I mean, it's probably not a very big plane, right? And I don't think right. I mean I I know absolutely nothing about planes, so I don't know why I have an opinion here, but I do have an opinion, and my opinion is that I would think a Cessna is such a small plane that it wouldn't have those doors that lock and are bulletproof like they do on the commercial airliners that, you know, you know, to prevent terrorists from taking over the plane. So I would think if the people who were in the back of the plane weren't unconscious, you would think they would try to at least fly the plane and, and land it and like get on the radio and say, Hey, teach me how to fly this damn thing. But right. I don't know. That is um, crazy though. I mean, how often do those kind of planes go down? I feel like they go, I really want to go really down wanna, I know they're cool, but I've always thought like if I, if they they freak me out more than commercial airliners because I just feel like they're well, yeah, they're way more dangerous. They're way more dangerous, yeah. And they go. I mean, commercial airliners don't go down except for extreme circumstances. Yeah, and in one of those is what I'm going to get to, and it's perhaps the biggest mystery in aviation history. Um, I'm just going to grab a beer before I get into it. But you, yeah, I'm going to pause. What you I'm go pause it. And we're back. All right, so I think this takes us because we're talking about you know airplanes and you know crazy shit like that. I think this takes us now to perhaps the biggest mystery in aviation history, and that of course is uh, the Malaysian Airlines MH370. So I think um, it's important to kind of start with a basic timeline. So on March the eighth, well, what's for hold on so yeah. anyone who doesn't know anything about what that is oh, okay it's, yeah it i mean do you want you take it because you're gonna Boy, say this, this, is a, this is a dark joke if any who whoever doesn't <laughs> know what this is daniel tosh put it a great way basically malaysian airlines prove that you can lose more people than bags so <laughs> <laughs> Oh, brutal. Oh, that's that awful. Is, that that's terrible. Um, no. Yeah, so basically, awful. it was Malaysian <laughs> Airlines MH370 was uh, in 2014. It's a plane that um, disappeared off radars. And people are to this day like a massive commercial airline, you know, international airliner that it disappeared from radars. We don't know where where it crashed. We don't know why it crashed. So there's a lot of different theories out there. Um, I'm going to dive in as in depth as much as I can here. So bear with me. This is very interesting, but I think you guys will like it. It's it's a lot of information, but um here it goes. So on March eighth, twenty fourteen, uh Malaysian Airlines MH370 left uh Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia uh with its destination of Beijing and China. There was two hundred twenty seven people and twelve crew, including the captain. Uh his name was Zahari Ahmed Shaha, 
hope I'm pronouncing it all right. <laughs> he was 53 years old. He was a grandfather and a co-pilot. He was very, very experienced. The yeah, he was like a very well-decorated yeah, pilot, right? The co-pilot was 27 years old, very inexperienced, and it's, it was his first time flying a 777 airplane. Um, and we know how those can be. Yeah. This is so a guy with a lot of experience and a guy with little experience. So uh, the plane leaves Kuala Lumpur at 12.42 a.m. At 1.19 a.m., the captain makes the routine, but now very ominous, last radio communication with Malaysian air traffic control just before entering the Vietnamese airspace. You know, he says, all right, good night. So at that point, Malaysian airline, Malaysian air traffic control would switch it over to Vietnamese air traffic control. So like they're in control now. Right. So he just says good night. And that's the last thing you ever hear his voice saying good night. So it's super scary. But at that, uh, if nobody had known what was going to happen, it's just a totally normal routine thing. So. 120 seconds later, all the communications on MA370 are shut off. Um, and this happens between Malaysian and Vietnamese airspace. Now, here's where it gets really, really creepy. Um, right after disappearing from civilian radar, appar- apparently the Malaysian Air Army was able to track it, um, its original flight path, um, which was supposed to be over heading east over the, uh, the sea towards China. Instead, the plane does a whole turn, 180 turn, and heads back towards the Malaysian, you know, uh, mainland. But it crosses, um, when it, once it gets to Malaysian airland, um, it goes in a zigzag pattern between Malaysia and Vietnam like this. And the whole reason why it does that, it's later revealed, like, or it's speculated, it's to avoid detection, you know, or to, to avoid, you know, any normal or civ- civilian radar detection that would kind of render it being, you know, problematic so it's veering in and out between on the yeah, border it's, avoiding, it's, kind of like, it's, avoiding it's running a gauntlet it's running running a gauntlet it heads over those two countries and it starts heading way way towards the sea you know way out like just into the middle of nowhere in the, the south Pacific? uh the the indian ocean south indian ocean okay um uh what was i gonna say um it and it flies for about six hours, which is fucking. It's like it's so. It's deep. How in the, long was this flight was supposed to be? From Kuala Lumpur to Beijing. I don't know. I mean, it's it's a pretty pretty significant distance, but I don't know the the uh, exact uh, miles. Um, now you might be thinking, uh, do the passengers at this point that are they freaking out? Like, they, are they realizing because maybe if they have like the flight you know map thing on their on the and the headrests right. of the planes are they if they're awake are they recognize like this is nowhere we're supposed to be going are they freaking out and as awful as it sounds and it, if it provides any sort of solace maybe the pilot like purposely de- uh, decompressed the what do you call it the the main uh cabin so that people would just be rendered unconscious doing this because a lot of people are thinking that the pilot was doing this on purpose it was a total you know, this wasn't a mechanical issue. This was a total man-made issue, and that is, it was like a mass suicide sort of. Um, yeah, but that's not what happened. Well, I, I think it is, and I'll and I'll go with exactly what happened. He had no. They had some personal like issues in his him. life. No, dude, he had some personal issues in his life. He was members of some weird political party. Um, yeah, but the whole the whole Malaysian government they cleared him of any wrong. Well, the Malaysian government did some really fucked up shit, and I'll explain that in a second. Hold on. I heard okay. I the only thing I really know about MH three seventy or whatever the number was 
is that I watched the Netflix documentary, which was really well done. Um, and they went through the theory that, that the pilot did it, but the experts on that show concluded that there was no way that he did it. It didn't make sense. Um, and they went through a whole bunch of other theories. They went through terrorist theories. They went through a whole lot of other theories, but they basically, I don't think they came to a conclusion, but they think the governments know what happened. Like well, they think they think well, there's I a think couple. The, I, I, I think know. the Malaysian government is knows a lot more than they're letting on. One of the weird things the pilot also did while doing the zigzag pattern, you know, after turning around completely, veering off course, you know, heading back the way he started, you know, and then passing Malaysia, the the departure zone towards and heading towards the deep deepest part of the most remote part of the South Indian Ocean was um, once he's over the Malaysian air airspace. He dips his wing towards Penang, which is a city in, uh, what do you call it, in Malaysia. And this might sound like a crazy it's conspiracy. Where from, right? Yeah, but it's almost like a final salute, like he's dipping it. And he, and he stays uh, over the area for like about 20 minutes, you know. I don't buy this he, theory. Before he passes. Now, I don't buy it. Um, What do you call it? So, yeah, the, the passengers are most likely rendered unconscious if he decompresses it because, you know. And he also yeah, does that. Think about total... it. Think of, not, not only if we're doing it that way, but if he does that, if he decompresses the main cabin, they have no ability to, you know, send any text messages or like what the fuck or communicate with the ground. Like the people, Did you, you know, have you watched so, the Netflix documentary? I have not. I've seen uh, multiple in-depth things on 60 Minutes Australia with multiple international aviation experts, including John Cox, who's a big NBC, I think, contributor. Um, but. And this is also corroborated, but corroborated by the ATSB, which is the Australian Transportation Safety Bureau, who led the whole search thing. They interviewed the yeah, head they didn't guy find for that. Shit. Well, yeah, it's because they were searching in the wrong part. Oh yeah, so we should listen to the people. No, no, this I'll, I'll, I'll tell the you exactly was. why. Um, well, they searched partially in the right part, and the Malaysian government also admitted four days after the ten days search, the ten days going into it, that they were searching in the wrong part. Yeah, because they were searching so they in wasted, the South China yeah. Sea. They they wasted four days and they admitted that they did. They, yeah, but they, they were, were doing... searching in the South South China Sea. Yeah. Now, okay. This search, but, by the but way, junkie, but cost two hundred million dollars. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. What are you gonna say? Why, if you're gonna commit suicide and kill everyone on board, why would you fly out over the Indian Ocean? Why not just do it in the South China Sea? What's so it can never be, so it can never be seen again. So the plane could be lost forever. But so that no could be no. Plane but no plane has ever been lost forever, ever in the history of aviation, ever. Well, that's what this whole thing is. That's why this make. That's why this yeah, whole case the, is so unique. But, yeah, but that's why I don't think it's as simple as saying some guy decided to crash the airplane. I think I feel like if he had just crashed it into the ocean, they would have found it. They would have found pieces of it. And I they, know they there's have a found. Lead. They have found oh, some pieces. Oh, that's bullshit. They, they found they a haven't. piece of the. Yes, it's what do you call it? It's I have it right here. I have pages they've, and pages. They found here. airplane parts. They can't actually say a hundred percent if they came. Well, from this, that this is where it goes. This is where it goes. So, they found flotsam. By the way, do you know what the difference between flotsam and jetsam is? No, but we have, to, we have to learn this in like the fifth grade randomly. Flotsam is debris that has come off of a ship or an airplane that's floating on the ocean. You know, that's okay. the cause of a wreck. Jetsam differs. Jetsam is uh, debris from a ship or possibly an airplane. That's fallen off that purposely. That's being thrown off purposely to lighten the load. 
of that spurt specific vessel. So we're saying this is oh, okay. So this is flotsam. Why the fuck did you have to learn that? I've I, never I, even I went heard to those a words in my at, life. At my school called mental aerobics, we have to take it, and we have to learn all this random information every single that week. We had like fifty questions. Yeah, I loved it. Um, <laughs> so this was found uh, on a beach in uh, Saint Andre Reunion, which is a French. Uh, island in the western part of the indian ocean they found like this uh what do you call it what's a what's the part called a uh it's this it's like this thing that flaps up on the wing uh what the flaps it? no it's called flaps? um it's not that important it's a piece of debris that came off the plane but how did they identify it like how do they? I don't know. know. How do I, mean, know I, I didn't read it off because because the whole debris part was the end part of my research, and this is after I'd I've spent like two days. I mean, so I you have, don't know shit about MH three. No, I know, dude. You have no idea. So hold on. Um, but this whole mass suicide thing, if you really think about it, it harkens back. There's a big couple of cases, and one of them you'll remember specifically. Um, talk about like a mass suicide you know the pilot taking on a plane because he's depressed but instead of just killing himself on his own he takes everybody else who's innocent on the plane you know unknowingly for them um in march of 2015 so this is a year after malaysian airlines remember the german wings flight it was a uh, flight nine uh five three five 40 minutes after departing barcelona they're on their way to dusseldorf um it crashed into the french alps remember that yeah like the, and yeah. there was a co-pilot who did it this time and what happened was the pilot on the plane was like need to go take a piss or whatever so he, he leaves the cockpit once he leaves the cockpit the co-pilot locks him out right and decides to crash the plane he was like all depressed or whatever and remember we had this discussion years ago it's like if you're depressed like and you want to kill yourself that's awful but if you're gonna kill yourself then fucking kill yourself don't take everybody else who has nothing to do with it you know down with you that's awful but this guy did that and you can hear on the black boxes which they recovered in the french Alps, the pilot like screaming trying to break into the that's into terrifying. the cockpit, yeah. That's and so the, scary. And the, the co-pilot like just ignoring him, and he crashes it into the. That's fucking so thing. scary. That's um, like the scariest yeah. thing I've ever heard. I don't it's, ever want to hear it's that awful. recording. Yeah, that's that's terrible. Um, well, the, Why the, are you the, the black box and any because I, I have a really dark joke coming up uh, that I created myself here. Uh, this all another incident like that was during um, Egypt Air Flight Nine Ninety. This was in nineteen ninety nine, which actually uh, it crashed very close to Nantucket. It was in the Long Island Sound where a crash. crashed. All 217 people on board were killed. Um, the reason, and it was a co-pilot again who crashed the, the plane, intentionally crashed the plane. Um, his reason for doing so allegedly, because you could hear it on the black box that was also recovered, was that he was apparently accused by sexual misconduct from his airline. So my, my super dark joke is it's like, you see how far the Me Too movement has gone? Like it's like right, they're, they're, this guy to crash a fucking whole entire airline with all these people and kill them because he was accused, not proven, of doing some shit. All right, that's awful. Yeah, that one. Man. That, Sorry, that's, where you, that's where you can. Add, that's where you can insert the laugh <laughs> track. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. yeah, that's that's where uh, that's one where we definitely need the laugh track. Oh, um, that's, that's so leave, fucked up. Leave anyway. the jokes to Daniel Tosh. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. But so, or what you say? So, is based on what you just said? It was two copods. Do you think the co-pilot did the Malaysia well, Airlines one? Who knows? Because they have never recovered the black box. So who knows if it was a co-pilot doing Dude. it, if it was a, if they are both in on Who knows? But there is a very big theory as to where the crash happened. And this is a lot of my research happened on this. So this is part of a 60 Minutes uh, Australia report on it. 
So a well-known German-based English aerospace engineer and physicist named Richard Godfrey claims to basically know exactly where MH370 is. The major dilemma to his claim is that he'd have to convince the authorities to resume the search, which was called off in 2018, four years after the plane went missing. Um, This search, by the way, is the most expensive search in aviation history. It's cost $200 million. And part of the reason where the Malaysian government, again, is fucked up is because um, they wouldn't, um, in order for them, there's all these like lawsuits that would emerge from them, basically, like not knowing the right, like having to resume a search, having to start a new search, they'd have to, you know, admit, okay, yeah, we were searching in a wrong place. So even more lawsuits would come out of that. So in order to them kind of want to sweep this under the rug and not, uh, having to face all these potential new lawsuits, that's one big reason for them not to approve a new search because they, they they're the only ones who can approve a new search. There can be all this like uh, why can't why can't other countries because it was a Malaysian Airlines is owned by the Malaysian government, so um, so no other governments allowed so to the Australian government the Australian government could lobby them for it, but again that would that would but there know, were Australians on the flight, so why? Could that's the what Australia- I'm saying. There was there was eight Australians on board, I think, um, but. It's at the end of the day, apparently the Malaysian government is the only one who can approve a new search. So that's strange. So them not wanting to resume a new search or approve a new search could mean they don't want to face getting sued more or whatever. So that's fucked up. Anyway, going back to this guy who this uh, English German uh, er, English uh, aerospace engineer and physicist who claims to know where MH370 is. Uh, the original search was uh, based uh like almost 1243 miles off of uh the west coast of Perth Australia the search itself covered a massive 46332 square miles of the south indian ocean that's a huge 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 uh like yeah well cuz they have no idea it. where it is right this guy godfrey believes he can narrow the search down all the way down to just under 116 square miles when did he? Okay, so they canceled this the search why. in 2018. When did yeah. he come out this, with this? This was plane? like this was around 2018, 2019, or something like that. Oh, well, uh, that's for God, fucking convenient for yeah, him. Yeah, I know, isn't right? It? Uh, here's the thing. He came to this whole like belief uh, after using ham radios, like the wavelengths that are transmitted from ham radios. People use ham radios to communicate across the you know globe. It's like and there are yeah. all these things uh, that yeah. intercept each other. Um, on the night of March 8, 2014, when Malaysian Airlines flight uh, went missing, it happened to pass through the radio, radio waves that he was using to communicate with other people. Uh, this is already furthered by the fact that Godfrey's radio flight path um, already mirrored known satellite tracking uh, of the Doom plane itself, which is fucking crazy. So all these things are lining up, right? Uh, Godfrey's version, ho- however... Either. Uh, was far more detailed, especially in regards to its descent into the Indian Ocean. By the way, its descent, a lot of people are talking about why isn't there a lot of debris? Um, Usually when it's a very hard and severe crash into the ocean, there's going to be tons of debris spread all over the place, right? Um, In this case, because we really haven't found anything, or maybe like bits and pieces, people think it was a lot more smooth the way it fell into the ocean. And then just sunk to the bottom? Right. And specifically because the guy purposely flew to the deepest, remote, most remote part of the South Indian Ocean, like to never be found again, you know. But they don't um, even know if that's true, though. Then why haven't they found it already, bro? 
I don't fucking know. I don't <laughs> like is... I don't like Godfrey's or whoever this guy. I think this guy's full of shit. What what evidence does he have that it that it flew through his ham radio locate? Like what? And also, if it did, why didn't he report it right away? Why did it take him five years until after the investigation? That's was another over? thing. That's another thing I don't understand, dude. Um, let's see. This guy else? seems full of horse shit. To I me. mean, when I was watching the video, I mean, I have so many notes here that I'm skipping over because I just feel like I'm not reading them right. But it sounded very convincing. Um, another big problem as to why we couldn't really find the plane is um, the that part where we believe the plane went down that part of the South Indian ocean, it's extremely rough, like huge, yeah. huge waves and super high winds. And, uh, 10 days after the plane went missing, that's when the search started prior to that, there was two cyclones, you know, which are huge weather events that could have spread debris. God knows where, you know, just complicating shit even more. Um, but at the end of the day, the Australian, Transportation Safety Bureau stands behind the belief that MA370 plummeted down towards the ocean in a very steep, uncontrolled dive. Um, and it says it's all corroborated by satellite data, data which showed a probable rap, rapid descent. Um, but, you know, again, why haven't we found it? You know, so this is. I'm skeptical. I'm, I, I still believe, you know, at the end of the day, this pilot, there was something fucked up with him. And uh, what, why, what? why else would you turn around, dude? Why would you, if you're heading to China, why would you turn all the way back around to go back all to right. where you started and past the point of where you started and head towards the South Indian Ocean? You why know why you, you can't watch? You know why you can't watch Australian 60 Minutes? Why? Pretty sure that shit's like government sanctioned. It's like the BBC. It's like the government. It's like the Australian well, government all the telling them what news you want in to this know. Country? I mean, it's, I would, I would like to believe in America. It's, it's a little bit better. Probably not though. But um, no, I know. So I mean, you know what's super disappointing? There, I'll say dude, right now. All right, continue, continue. There. Okay. I don't think so. I watched the the Netflix documentary, and it went way beyond. I think what this Australian sixty minutes thing went through because. They, they they totally talked about the theory that the pilot could have done it, but I forget what the reason was, but they totally washed it away and they're like, yeah, there was no reason for the pilot to do this. They even interviewed his wife and she seemed like a pretty normal, nice woman. Granted, I don't know, but there was also, and, and you'd be fascinated by this and it doesn't sound like you heard about it, but apparently, and this is very alleged, so I'm not making any statements here, but apparently... There was some very important cargo on that plane headed to China. Have you heard about this? No. So apparently you should look it up because you'll learn about it better than I can. But apparently there was some like cargo on this plane that was headed to China that a lot of governments did not want the Chinese government to have. And there's yeah. a lot of speculation. Wait, wait. The, there the, was the, government the Chinese government. Wait, you're saying that Chinese government didn't want the what? No, 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 no. So the flight was headed to Beijing, right? Right. Beijing. A pe- a Beijing. <laughs> China. Uh, apparently, apparently, there was some classified cargo on mm-hmm. this plane, and it was going to China for the Chinese government. And there's a lot of speculation that the Western, you know, or Eastern, Western, like the European and, and American governments 
did not want in Chinese hands. And there's like a lot of theories that the the governments had a lot to do with this and the governments actually do know where the plane is. Conspiracy man. <laughs> but it's I mean But actually though, like shit. I mean, no, for real. Like if when you watch the Netflix doc, at least I mean, God knows who put the Netflix documentary together and who knows what's right because I mean this really is the most questioned, most out there thing to ever happen in aviation outside of like Amelia Earhart. But well, that's exactly um, what the, that's what the American expert said. Like the last time there's that there was this much concentrated effort, you know, in search for a plane was the pilot was Amelia Earhart. Um, Yeah. But going back to um, this whole Richard Godfrey guy, um, asked it a question of how Godfrey could be so certain that it was just one other aircraft because he found one other aircraft in the middle of the Indian Ocean that night. Um, for several hours and the one that kind of passed uh his radio frequencies um wait never mind i read that totally wrong fuck it never mind <laughs> i read that i read that really bad that was bad that was bad what did, why what, i was trying i wrong? can't read this thing i can't i mean i typed this so it's not like i can't read my own handwriting i'm just not reading it right and there's so much information about his theory about uh the satellite tracking of the plane about the Malaysian uh, military tracking the plane, which they didn't disclose at first, but I think, and then they later admitted to doing it, but then the plane kind of got out of their reach for some reason, you know, there's just so much stuff um, primarily from the 60 minutes, Australia thing from the multiple perspective, from the perspective of multiple, multiple international, um, what do you call it? Aviation experts that are, that are just so detailed and I'm just not reading it right. But, which is a shame because this is like what I really wanted to talk about on the podcast. And I'm just not, the words how, aren't coming out right. I don't know. How dare you? Yeah. It's fuck. because you wrote it down. You just got to memorize it. You no, gotta, dude, look, look, you gotta be I, your, look at this. I have fucking pages and pages of. Yeah. Of course you can't read that. It's there's like, there's too much on the page. It's confusing as hell. Yeah, I knew, but I organized it into introduction, main events, <laughs> introduction. Reminder, reminders, New location theory and location of some debris. But I'm not reading it right. I feel like you just got to memorize it and be off the cuff, man. I just hate the way I'm talking about this. Anyway, whatever. It's fine. We have to re-record the second episode. No, no, we're not. It's fine. Um, But I don't know. I think it's very convenient that Mr. Godfrey all of a sudden... Just yeah. happens to right. say, "Oh, hey, I found. Mm. I think I know the exact location." The year after they cancel the search, oh, it's like, but you also had the information in 2014 with your ham radio. Like, give me a fucking break, man. I, I just where think, was the um? No, continue, continue talking, continue talking. Well, and then also there was something to the effect you brought this up earlier, and I don't. Again, I'm I'm not like you, so I can't I can't memorize things very well. But they have um. There's a British agency. Yes, that yes, yes. Has yes. a satellite. satellite over the south. And you know, I'm looking for this exact thing because I wrote about this, and um, they got pings off of one of the engines of the airplane. Right um, now, the yeah. only reason why they were able to track that is because the manufacturer of those engines, like, is they can track where it goes. It's not meant for the plane itself to be tracked, right? But um, this. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Um, Ten days after the plane disappeared, engineers at a British company called Inmersat 
had one of its satellites That's located the above the that. Indian Ocean. It picked up a faint. It picked up some faint signal frequencies from the plane's engines. These data signals were originally meant for the engineer's builder to track them in flight and not to relay location information for the plane itself. After going through all of these super complex calculations, the satellite sort of beams off these arcs from its locations, kind of like a bing, bing. Like yeah, that. yeah, I know. All right. Um, the ATSB uh, stands behind behind the belief that um, along with this British company satellite that the plane went down on the seventh arc. So they narrowed the search basically down to a perimeter of 25 by 25 nautical miles of a seventh arc that was emitted off of the satellite. So it, the satellite itself, the British company yeah, satellites, it, it kind of pings off these, these arcs like that go, yeah, like that stretch over like the farther arcs go, like the, the more nautical miles from the distance of the satellite itself. You gotta, the the you gotta itself. watch the Netflix documentary because they talk all about this. You but know if what that's the case, then how come they haven't found shit? You know, if, if they're well, able to narrow it down to 25 nautical miles, you know. Because the Inmarsat thing was also wrong. The Inmarsat people apparently See, read they read the data wrong the first time they read it and they thought it went in a complete other direction. See, all the information that I'm basing this off of is from like 2018. And I know and I was Well, I don't ago. know if I don't know how the much Netflix documentary came out when, I'm sure like not that long came ago. Came out like five months ago. Okay, yeah. So it's ago. obviously but new it's, information. But it's but it's well, that's your fucking fault. Read more. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, but what's, you should watch the Netflix documentary because I think you'll have a lot more opinions about it. And you know what's even crazier? And I don't know if you've heard about this either. So when the, when they originally thought it was the pilot that did it, mm-hmm. um, you know how I still pilots, fucking believe, I still believe it. You know, I just, don't think the pilot did it. There's too much weird shit that happened in the flight path. And to the general location of where the plane is thought to have ended up. But my question to you is for why? the for there not to be pilot because the pilot was depressed and you know he wanted to do a suicide by mass group of people you know rather than but be why, a selfish why, dick and kill himself he decided to kill everybody. But why do it in the like why so that the plane the can so the plane can never be found again so they could pass he could pass back you know and look at his hometown one more final time cross over that shit and go to the deepest most remote part of the south indian ocean to never be seen again uh, i don't buy it he was never going to be seen again no matter what which almost his body no, would because, be destroyed no, i know his i'm not saying his body but like any potential black boxing you know i uh, i'm calling bullshit i don't think it was pilot another thing that they so you think the, it was the, like you think that it was a plane malfunction no dude i think it was the government's so you think the government shot down I know, the plane? Or I know, I know, I sound like a conspiracy theorist right now. No, I don't think I don't know what happened. All right, you can you know for a hundred percent. Well, clearly none of us sound like we know what the fuck we're talking about here. You know? well, no, I can, we don't. I can and, barely read number one, and then I don't know. <laughs> um, the 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 it definitely wasn't terrorists, right? Because a terrorist organization would have claimed it right away because that's what terrorists do, right? They want people yeah. to know that uh, they're terrorizing the world, or else they're not terrorists. Brand recognition, yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a whole family guy thing about like um, what makes any good terrorist organization brand recognition terry brand recognition sorry <laughs> um and and then the pilot thing to me so when they were first looking into the pilot too you know what else they found what you know they how all pilots have flight simulators in their homes like yes they have he had and one that he would always use and he'd let people do it at his house i saw that whole thing that was yeah. ABC News. yeah but he flew the no. exact he flew that exact flight 
that was his last flight ever, apparently. What, from the Kuala Lumpur to Beijing? He was to Beijing, Beijing. and then he did the 180, right? <laughs> no, went on his, he did it on his flight simulator. He did it like, yeah. backwards. Get the yeah. fuck out of here. That's but, so creepy. But then, that is but so then creepy. what they found, though, was that just happened to be a randomly generated flight pattern that the flight simulator gave him. What? Yeah, he didn't come up with it. Because that was one of the biggest theories so it, for why... Because the first, when it first happened, everyone right. pinned the pilot. The mm-hmm. Malaysian government pinned the this pilot. This motherfucker is guilty. Yeah. Everybody pinned the pilot. And then after a bunch of investigation, they decided it wasn't him. I genuinely don't think it was the pilot. I mean, I don't know anything about his personal life, like what weird government political parties he was involved in and whether he was depressed or anything like that. But based on what I watched on the Netflix documentary, it doesn't sound like it was a pilot. Right. I'm genuinely convinced. And this is what they, I think this is how they ended it um, on the Netflix documentary. I don't remember exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a bunch of different people kind of like probably on the 60 minutes thing where there's a bunch of different experts giving di- their different opinions. But you know what's even stranger about this? And you'll find this fascinating. The one guy, there's like one dude who has found all the parts from the plane and no one else. What, what do you mean one dude? Wait, 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 wait. First of all, I thought from our discussion earlier. They've only found one piece of the plane, not all his parts. And now you're telling me no, they vote, this guy they is alleged- now you're telling me this one guy has found all the parts? They they have allegedly they've allegedly found, I wanna say, oh, I don't remember off the top of my head, because again, I'm not you and I don't remember everything I see or hear. But at least you can read properly shit. <laughs> I can't read properly, I'm dyslexic. Um they that's why I didn't print anything out. Um they <laughs> they uh they um, they allegedly, I think, have found like four or five pieces from the plane. But like then, even the pieces doc- or like no, little- just like tiny little bullshit pieces of metal. But this like- one guy you're saying, but it's always the same guy who finds it. <laughs> what? And everyone's like, "Come on, man, this is staged. What are you doing?" He found the first one. He found <laughs> was on this weird ass remote island. That he went to. Is that what I'm talking like, oh, about? The one in the South Indian Ocean, uh, San Andre, the French island in the South Indian yeah, who, Ocean. Yeah, what's the name of the guy who found it? Oh, I don't have the name of the guy. I just have the name of the oh. island. Well, he was in the Netflix documentary, and that was the guy. It had to have been that guy because he's allegedly found all the pieces that have been found that are allegedly from the plane. But there's literally no way to identify that they came from that plane. They can say, yeah, it came from a plane, but they have no idea what plane it's ever come from. And when planes go down in the ocean, who knows how long they could be out there in the world until they wash up on a beach. Like that could have been from a plane crash 10, 20 years ago. It's total Damn. bullshit. Right. I'm a hundred percent with my, you know, conspiracy theorist the hat on. Who Dude, knows? I think I it was mean, government. I mean, maybe, the government had to, maybe, maybe the government had some intervention with the pilot. Maybe they made the pilot do something. I don't know. You don't really know. don't like this guy for some reason. What's your beef with him? I was going to say a joke. It's, it's not. Never mind. Hey, never mind. Um, no, you don't want to know. Um, but um, uh, I, I genuinely don't think it was the pilot. I think, I think the, I don't know what governments were involved, but it seems to me there was some cargo on this plane that was headed for China, and the powers that be did not want China to have whatever that was, and they decided to say fuck it. Now, did they mention? Did they mention that on the Netflix documentary? Yeah, yeah, they talk all about it. But they don't. I gotta check the this weird out. Thing, the weird thing is, though, it's three episodes. I think it's three episodes. 
The weird thing to me about that was, though, they never identify what the cargo was, which, again, it's just all these open-ended questions. Like, it really is the greatest mystery in aviation history. That's what I'm say saying. History yeah, yeah. Three times? History, I don't know. I, like, I mean, I'm a huge history dork anyway, so uh, the more times you say history, but it's like... Isn't that crazy, though? Like, literally no, literally no one knows what happens. I mean, someone has to know. There has to be someone out there in the world. Like Obama. Obama knows. Obama knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obama. He was in on it. He was Where are you at? It. He was, he okay, was in on it. I'm not saying Obama was in on it, but no, dude, he somebody was in on has it. to know what happened. Because for, even, okay, Junkie, I, in my opinion, let's say, all right, to your theory, mm-hmm. let's say pilot did it, commits mass suicide, flies the plane into the, into the uh, South Indian Ocean in the deepest part of the ocean, whatever. That, that, you that st- nobody could ever find it. You don't think so? I think that's why I think that's why he chose a specific part of the Indian Ocean. You know, there's parts of the Indian Ocean that are easier to locate than others, but the fact that he flew to such a remote part—that's where people believe. You know, that's. But we always find everything. That's what. That's that's why this case MH370 is the most. It stands alone as. But does the it, most- Don't you? Don't you think that's reason to be that like? Spooky oh, mystery. Hear, no, it is. For you you want to hear even something fucking crazier, and this is gonna what? blow your what? fucking mind. Okay, <laughs> freak me out here. <laughs> so, 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 when all these people, right, when the flight was allegedly missing, and all these family members were told, like, "Hey, we don't know where your family members are. We're really right. sorry. They're probably dead, but we just don't know." All these people tried calling their loved ones. No, don't tell me they were able to get. Their phones were ringing. No, dude, I'm literally, I'm literally literally getting goosebumps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then no, you know what's even fucking scarier? And if I can remember this correctly, and don't quote me on this because I have a terrible memory. Like I literally think I have Alzheimer's. So seriously, don't quote me. But Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure, if I can remember this correctly, that this one woman is a scary. She called her dad or she called her brother or something. Who was on the plane? And yeah, who was on the plane? No answer. Five minutes later, she got a call back from her dad's phone. No way. Yeah. Yeah. And this is like, and this is like 20 hours after the flight. Asking if you wanted to renew his car's extended no, auto warranty. You know? she, <laughs> um, she didn't answer it or something. I forget. I don't know if she answered it or she didn't answer it. I don't remember what it was. You got to watch the documentary because you'll remember. But it, it, dude, there I'm was a show you, on NBC called a, Manifest. Is, that's kind of remind, I didn't see the whole show. I saw like a couple episodes, but it's like this plane that goes missing, and then they come back years later. Is this like, and everybody thought they died or whatever? Like, oh no, like we're just on a routine flight. Like, what's wrong? You know? So it's like, in a way, they're trying to communicate with people who I think they're dead, but the people apparently are able to receive those calls, right? And dude, fucking, I don't, I don't know, dude. That's why when I also heard that, I was like, I don't know if that's it doesn't that sound like the, real. That can't. Be I don't real. know. It's and and listen, you're it, telling you, me a plane that's regardless of what happened, it's in the ocean, correct? I don't know. I I genuinely don't know. So all right. So if it's but then what would what, what are, if it's not in the ocean and it like landed on dry land or are the people being held captive for this long that they can't escape? They can't go tell I people don't what happened. Like what the fuck? I have no so idea. Assuming I think, regardless of whether you think it was a mouth play malfunction or a pilot thing, or the government got involved and shot the plane down or whatever it was, I think all likelihood points that the plane's in the ocean. You're telling me 
a plane's at the bottom of the ocean. You could call somebody who was on that plane that's in the bottom on, on the bottom of the ocean right now, and their plane and the phone still is able to receive calls. Like, I guess what I'm saying is, I don't that, know if I that's think the power I, of five G. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> I don't Holy know if shit. I, I don't know if I think that the plane is crashed. I don't know what to think. So it what really were it like? It is really the most, the biggest mystery in aviation history. Like, I okay, again, I don't know how true, like I would like to see the phone records of these people and see if yeah. you can actually tell if the phone calls were going through and if the phones were actually ringing. But multiple people who had loved ones who seemingly have no connection to each other said they all called their loved ones and the phones rang. And then this one woman says, my dad or whoever the hell I knew on the plane called me back. And she didn't she didn't answer for some reason or something like that, or she didn't answer it fast enough. And I'm, I'm gonna be a little late to dinner tonight, you know. I might, I might be like <laughs> I might be ten years late to dinner, you know. I'm currently in the bottom of the ocean, you know. A lot of but, traffic, you know, but uh, that's so fucked but, up. I'm sorry. That's fine. No, I'm but uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um but yeah, like I don't, I I don't know. I I would not. I mean, think about all the crazy things that the governments do to keep the world at large safe. This is a whole day. other podcast discussion of uh, government intervention and fucking, you know, fucked up shit. I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, but would you put it past the government? I mean, seriously, if you're gonna commit suicide, why do you? Why like? Why are you gonna go to the bottom of the Indian Ocean? I just don't get it. I I don't see. I don't see the logic in it because you never want to be found from again. You, you want to, maybe you're so angry at the world. You want to torture them into never being able to discover the, the black boxes to never know what was going on. But you think one pilot is smart enough to devise a plan. And I'm not saying the guy was, well, I mean, yeah, I don't I mean, know yeah, anything I about think it. He was, I think it was but very think- smart to go in and out of the Malaysian and Vietnamese airspaces to do the whole flight plan that he did. To do everything that he did was had to have been planned, I think, beforehand, right? I don't think he just decided to do this at the spur of the moment. So I think he has to be very intelligent to do that because, I mean, yes, to be a pilot, you have to be very intelligent and you're put under a huge amount of stress and all that kind of stuff. But to do what he did, if you look at all the details of the flight path, you know, all the moves that we, that we were able to know that were tracked, you know, by radar, I think you have to be incredibly intelligent. Um, I don't know. I just don't buy that it was the pilot. I really don't but, think. He but did what's it. weird is, and they made a really good point of this on the sixty minutes Australia thing is, had this happened in the United States or in uh, the UK or in Australia or in Canada, or whatever, or in Europe, there would have been like military planes tracking that thing, like up up right where it's at, like within twenty oh, minutes, you know, instantly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The- the plane wasn't where it was supposed to be. But that could go back to so, your whole point of, you know, was there a government thing on a Malaysian, whether it's a Western government dude. thing or a Malaysian government thing. Why didn't the Malaysian government or the Vietnamese government track that plane? Why didn't they send up military planes to track it? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, you think they were just going to say, oh, this is totally chill. We have a, a yeah. plane that's zigzagging between both of our borders. Let's not and, and either flying do out anything towards the ocean. About it. Like what the fuck? Yeah, like where that's there's too nothing. Conven- it's too convenient. 
Right, dude. This is the whole thing is so scary. That, that's why I dude, think that, it's a that, government. That fucking it's a government. That, that plane that, that their their phones being able to receive calls. That's terrifying. That's the scariest shit I've heard. Like I'm gonna have to sleep with the lights on tonight. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm serious. A, that is fucked up. I'm convinced it's a government conspiracy in some way, shape, or form. I don't know whose government. I don't know what government. I don't really normally believe in conspiracy theories no no no, this, no no why i think it's fucking people are lunatics for thinking about all that but, shit, I, but I genuinely mean, think like i'm kind of on the bandwagon on this one oh man the government the government did it and i don't know what government that is but it is weird it's a weird it's the weirdest thing that's ever happened in aviation <sighs> just getting goose just thinking about this man holy shit i know i mean I, i'm seriously i'm sitting here i'm like trying to think how do governments see a plane, an unidentified plane that is supposed to be in the South China Sea flying over your airspace and you just think, oh, yeah, we're not going to do anything about this. We're just going to let it go. We'll see what happens. And to think that the last thing we've heard about the plane is good night. Oh, it's fucking terrifying. That's so scary. And you can hear him say it on the six minutes of trailer. I know. You, you I hear heard the, it, yeah. yeah. As it's like, what the fuck? And and, un, and under any other circumstance, like, yeah, whatever. That's normal. All right. He's going on to the next airspace, so we'll communicate with him there. But that's it. That's it. I don't think it was the pilot. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was. A, I, I don't know what it was. It definitely wasn't terrorists. That, I think that's like the only thing that you can guarantee that it wasn't. Right. I mean, it, it, it wasn't terrorists. Terrorists, terrorists would have hijacked it. It would have been like, oh, yeah, before. that was us. Right. I think one of the big examples I'm thinking of is Ethiopian Airlines that crashed into the ocean and 50 people out of like the 100 or 200 whoever were on board actually survived it. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. and it crashes into the ocean like this and it makes a a, a really fucking haggard ass landing. But yeah, people were able to survive that, you know, get rescued from that shit. But the majority of people died. Fucking insane. There are. I'm I am obsessed I don't think this Malaysian MH370 is on the series because I don't think the series is still running, but all the episodes are on YouTube. It's called, um, it's a National Geographic series. It's called Mayday Air Disaster, and it's all dramatizations, like um, dramatizations. Drama, sorry, dramatizations and survivor accounts of people who are on the fucking planes that some of the worst aviation like stuff that your our parents would know whether it was the klm dutch airlines uh worst aviation disaster that was in tenerife spain in 1977 horrific and that's all the dutch's fault they're being fucking pricks about it and that's why i always no i'm serious they were they were not patient. Well, everyone hates the dutch so they were nice. on the runway they were not patient the weather conditions were super fucking foggy and they decided to take off and they ran into a fucking plane on the air on the on, our, on the tarmac and Holy hundreds shit. of people burned to death and some people oh were able God. to escape it was the worst aviation disaster i think in history 1977 if you ask your dad later like do you remember klm 1977 tenerife spain he'll tell you exactly about it um anyway this show i cannot recommend it anymore it's unbelievably entertaining but it's what's the word Dra- dramatizations dramatizations drama dramatizations and uh accounts he's saying it's so weird i can't can't speak properly evidently because the whole fucking thing i was super excited to talk about mh370 i just could not talk about it because i can't fucking read right um check it out on youtube mayday air disaster it's they're like 42 minute episodes but it's like absolutely it's super intense but it's so entertaining unbelievable show mayday air disaster check it out on youtube um 
So what else? What else do I have to say? Um, that's pretty much it, man. I think this was a good episode. Yeah, dude. I think we're. Uh, I'm just hoping we can keep talking about a lot of more shit on other. But I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. I mean, yeah. we have never any topics. I think we just got to get you off of the. No more reading off pages for you. No, that's true. And you know what's so bad? I kept reading about all this flight shit, dude. And it's like I'm gonna be put on a no fly list because it's like, <laughs> dude, my YouTube. Dude, my YouTube thing was like all the suggest suggested videos on my YouTube at one point because I watched so much of the show Mayday Air Disaster YouTube National Geographic was all, um, you know, like plane crashes and it got to a point where like how do planes work and stuff like that? Like I'm like this oh, is so gonna, fucked up, dude. I'm like, after like someone watching other shit on YouTube, you know, like videos of like puppies and stuff like that you know just to like soften it up you know um all right anyway well, man that's thank just you it for anyone thank you for anyone who listened this uh one who listened to episode two we fully appreciate it rolex i'm still waiting for you to sponsor the podcast hey. so i can get a sky dweller what are you wearing today oh i was gonna make a joke this is a tech nautilus you know that was <laughs> <laughs> um no i'm wearing and- actually a 1971 uh Timex handwound made in Great Britain, made in Great Britain, but it's a Boy Scouts um, because Timex did a lot of collaborations with the Boy Scouts and Cub Scouts and Girl Scouts as well. But I don't know if, if you look really close, can you see oh, that really emblem? Cool. Yeah, and I put it on a yeah. black and white uh, striped NATO band, and uh, yeah, it's got a date function there too. But this is prior to the quartz crisis because it's still um, hand wine, but it's still 1970s, so it's not. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's right on the cusp well, of that, you know, but uh, that's, yeah. Well, again, thank you for anyone who's listened again, Rolex. If you want to sponsor us and give me a sky dweller, <laughs> I'll happily take it. Um, and if you didn't listen up to this point, go fuck yourself. And exactly, baby. All right. Good night, baby. Love you guys. Thank you so much.